Hi again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals, one of the most watched and listened to podcasts dealing with addiction and recovery. I don't want to make you guys nervous, but we have literally tens of thousands of people around the world and around the United States watching or listening to the podcast. Did that make you nervous? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. okay. Then I, I accomplished it. <laughs> I'm Randall Carlisle. My guest co-host is... Nicole Slack, uh, who is also, I'm in recovery, she's in recovery, and our guest today is Justin, who is also in recovery. Fancy that. What a coincidence <laughs> that three of us are here for a podcast dealing with addiction and recovery, and we're all in recovery. So, yeah. welcome you guys. Thank you. It's Thank nice you. to have you, uh, N Nicole, and, and uh, I hope... I, I hope you enjoy doing this, and Justin, I hope it becomes the whole point of this, and, and that's the reason we try to get to the bottom of your story, is we hope to provide inspiration, uh, some thoughts. If, if somebody's watching and they have a loved one who is dealing with addiction or somebody who may be in addiction, uh, that, that, it, it, that recovery's possible. Absolutely. Know, right? because we're all in recovery, so we're examples of that. Yeah. So maybe you could just start, you, you are currently in a treatment program at Odyssey. How long have you been there? Uh, since September of this year, 2023, so. You're sort of a newbie, it's, I mean, in Odyssey terms. Yeah, Odyssey terms, yes, but uh, prior to that, you know, um, I was at Red Barn Academy for 11 months. Okay. Um, that's where I really got my turnaround, my paradigm shift, you should, I could say, you know what I mean? Um, all these negative behaviors I didn't know I really had or didn't know that what, that's what was like holding me back or holding me down. And, and I mean, I, I came there as a completely broken individual, right? Um, I've been a taker my whole life. And, uh, you know, um, you say you've been a taker your whole life. Maybe start towards the beginning. When did your, uh, how'd you grow up and how did your addiction begin? Um, I grew up, uh, you know, separated parents, you know what I mean? Um, my mom couldn't take care of me. I was kind of a wild child. Um, it started off with, you know, um, me stealing from stores at a very young age. How, how young? Um as early as seven years old probably you know what i mean I, seven yeah yeah wow yeah um and also you know at, at the same age maybe a little older my mom would drop me off with a bag full of quarters at the at the 7-eleven uh, i'd play video games all day you know what i mean so like i was around gang members and and, and um you know people that weren't the right for me you know what i mean to be around at that age sure. probably um, and so, and I would do stuff for them, right? Like they'd ask me to go take something and I would, right? Just because I wanted to fit in and I wanted to feel a part of. When did you start using and what were you using? Um, uh, that started probably, you know, around 12 or 13, I started drinking alcohol. Um, I, uh, would take it from my parents, uh, liquor cabinets, you know, when I got home from school. <laughs> Do you and think they knew? 
Uh, you know, I did the whole water, fill it in with water oh, trick, you know what I mean? I, I did the same thing, and my parents never figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> you got to figure, like, when, because they, they were normal drinkers, okay? And so when they would have people over to play a card game or something like that, they'd mix drinks for people. And you got to wonder if the people, like if somebody said a vodka tonic, okay, because it's all clear, so... So it, I wonder if people were wondering, wait, there's, it doesn't have much of a kick here because right. it was mostly water. So go ahead. I didn't mean to. No, it, it just, no I it, it's, doing it's, that. I'm, you know, I, I think we're all kind of similar, right, you know, in um, how we got to our uh, point, worst points of addiction is, is where things get kind of hazy, right? But um, I think... Uh, I started smoking weed or marijuana, you know, at, in middle school a little bit, and then high school progressed, and then just from there, um, I started using with my mom. You know, my mom was in an active addiction um, for a, well as long as I can remember. Right, I, I remember finding it and you know asking her what it was, and then we ended up getting high together. You know what I mean, like. Uh, and it just that was the way we connected and that's the way we we uh you know spent time with each other you could say um well that's an interesting thought what what were you getting high on was it meth, uh, meth yes yeah. yeah okay did you ever you were a recovering alcoholic nicole mm -hmm. you did you and you have kids but they're younger i have a 20 year old and a 10 year old 20 and 10. Mm -hmm. Did you ever drink with your 20-year-old? Like New Year's? Like, a not a, not definitely not at a super young age, but we definitely let her in the safety of our home, I guess is how we thought of it, like a little bit, but never like, never like partying with them or anything like that. We were just... I was raised by parents from another country, so I was allowed to drink with my parents um, at a young age, uh, young for the U.S. For the, my parents at like 16, we could have like wine with dinner. Hmm. So for you, using with your mom was a pleasant experience because you just absolutely said yeah. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't until I got older where. You know, I started holding resentments towards her, you know what I mean? Or like, like thinking um, she was a bad mom, right? Like, and, you know, I'd throw that in her face to get what I wanted to, right? Like, you know, whether it be new clothes, shoes, money, you know what I mean? I'd say you owe it to me, you know what I mean? And, you know, that was another thinking error in itself, right? Sure. You know what I mean? Um and it's pretty hard for her to say, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And um, I think using with the parents, um, I don't come from a drug background. So when I went into Odyssey House and saw the, it was like a 50-50, like people used with their parents. And I was like, oh, like for me, obviously alcohol is like a little less taboo to do with your parents or whatever, at like, you know, in your teens or not a lot, but even just what I did with my daughter. But it was kind of common in the house to hear like, yeah, I used for the first time with my mom or my dad. And that was like our connection. And that was kind of shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah. So how long did you 
continue to use? And obviously it became a problem because you sought treatment. Right? Yeah, so um, I, I, I mean, I've been in active addictions for over 20 years, 20 plus years. Um, so I've like had a, like a long time of, you know, entitlement issues, uh, being selfish, inconsiderate, you know, um, a liar, a cheater, a thief, you know, um, all these things today that uh, I could say that I'm not, right? Because I, I live my life with integrity, honesty, and accountability. Um, for the first time. For the first time. You know, I didn't, I didn't know anything about these kind of values before, right? Like, I mean, I was probably raised to, like, for my dad, like, um, to be honest, you know, but I didn't really know what they meant or, or how to do it because I was at a young age just doing whatever I wanted. Sure. And, um, but I didn't know, like, that's what was making me feel broken or, or you know, lost and, and confused on how to become a better person, right? And, and um, like my, my heart's always been in the right place, I think. But I couldn't get um, it in sync with my thoughts. You know what I mean? And, and with the, having your thoughts in rhythm or in, in motion with uh, your actions, uh, you know, you become a, a better state of being. And, um, you know, that's what I wanted, and I didn't know how to do it. So, yeah, here I am 16 months later uh, in recovery, and I feel like the person I see in the mirror you know, um, uh, I have an 11 year old daughter, you know what I mean? That oh, no. I want to be able to show up for. And, and, uh, so yeah, I'm just grateful to get another chance to, to fix myself and to fix the person that I was and become the person I want to be. You know, if, if, uh, people are watching or listening and don't understand addiction, if you take one thing from this podcast, uh, and it, it struck me in the six years of working at Odyssey House now and with myself is that what you just said is so critical because people are not born to steal and manipulate and lie. People are born pretty pure and there's in within all, most of us except for maybe psychopathic killers or something we do have that goodness uh, but drugs or alcohol uh, becomes so dominant in our lives that it overshadows the goodness that's within us. And so I guess I would urge you not to judge somebody because they say, I'm an addict or I'm an alcoholic because it is a disease and, 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 and you can recover from it and you can find the good values in yourself again, which, which is one reason I like working here. What, Nicole, you're, I mean, Maybe we should talk about recovery. What What do you like about recovery? What's it done for you? And I'll start. I used to be exactly like you said. I would lie about my alcoholism. I didn't care about other people because I put myself first all the time. I was always concerned if, uh, you know, well, I went through four wives, and so and it was always their fault, not mine, uh, which is not the case. Uh, but I was always concerned about would there be alcohol somewhere where I was going because that was my drug of choice and I always was thinking me, 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 me 
And now with recovery, I care about other people. I'm more patient. I'm more loving. I'm more peaceful. Uh, it's, it's just, and I'm happier inside. And I always thought I was happy when I was drunk. So, Nicole, what? what I think I might think it a little differently because there's a, when you're in Odyssey, there's a, 11 questions you have to answer about yourself in your first uh, stage at Odyssey. And one of the questions is, what did you value when you were using? And everyone always says nothing. And I, I find that even though I was selfish and even though I was doing all those things, my values were still like, I wanted to do better. I wanted to be better. And yeah, I did put alcohol first and I did like my whole day was based on like go to work and planning, like getting to the liquor store, like, and like looking forward to that. I'm off at four by four 30. I'll have my alcohol and then I can go home. But I still didn't want to do that. I still wanted to be a mom and do better. Like I don't want to drink today. And, but then slowly my day would keep going. I'd start planning, you know, liquor store by, you know, four fifteen and, going to different liquor stores so that I wouldn't see the same people <laughs> buying from. She's back. Yeah, so planning out which one I would go to and doing all that. But I still feel like I valued, like, my value. I wasn't representing my values, but I still, like, to my core, like, it was my kids. Like, I, I wanted to do better for my family and those that love me that are not family, that treat me like family because um, I don't have a lot of close family. But those that love me, I wanted to do better for them, and I wanted to be better. I just didn't. It was just easier to drink and go to sleep than confront everything I was doing to them. Sure. So for me, it was that. I don't know. And now, I mean. And now I'm able to go see them and spend time with them, and it just feels so much different. Like I feel like, like what you said, like you look in the mirror, and like I feel like the person I'm looking at reflects what I am inside. What so about like, feelings? I mean, do you, how do you, how do you feel now? Are you happy, or do you? Are you? I mean. I'm 18 months sober, but I think I'm still dealing with dealing with feelings. So I still am like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that you have to feel things. And so, yeah, it's definitely still something therapy helps. But, yeah, I, I like feeling, but now everything's so strong. Whereas before, if I felt bad about something, you just drink. Right. And then, then you don't have to feel. And that made it so much easier. Now I have to face them. And it's exhausting. So I'm hoping that but fades it's out. The, it's the same thing, though, that everybody who is not an alcoholic or, or a drug addict. A normie? Uh, yeah, normie. <laughs> it's the same thing that they go through, but they deal with it without drinking or using, right? right. Yeah. How, about, how about you? How's, how's, you're in sort of short-term recovery, I guess. How long yeah. did, so, I mean, I think the everyday stresses of life, right, like is what... Like Nicole was saying, you know, like which led us to drinking, because or even not even knowing like how to deal with our coping mechanism, or having coping coping mechanisms that you know were healthy, right, and and the way to process stuff. Um, and now you know, being uh, in recovery, you know, um, I'm able to uh, be conscious of my wicked thoughts you could say right like or the thoughts that i would have before um I'm, a, I'm aware of them now and i can i use them you know to cognitively not act on them right and and um you know 
the day-to-day stresses, I just take a step back, you know what I mean, and, and, and breathe. You know, meditation helps a lot, right? Like, um, always being present, you know, and not thinking about the future or thinking about the past. Um, the only time I think about the past is, is uh, now is the, like, okay, I made a decision to do something you know, uh, steal from a store, like, okay, look what the trouble I got me into. And it's just, a, it's, it's, it's a ripple effect, right? You start doing one thing uh, that's, it's, that's not probably value-centered, and then you'll get, you'll start doing something small, and then it, it gets into bigger ones, right? So I think always trying to do the next right thing, always, and that's the mindset I have too, right? Is like, you know, don't deviate from that and, and, um, I, uh, I feel like everything works itself out. Like the universe is kind to me, right? Because I'm kind to it. And like every day I try to do the next right thing, whether it be picking up a piece of trash off the floor that I see, you know, not walking by it or wiping down the sink when I'm done using it. You know what I mean? Making my bed in the mornings. Like these are all little wins that, uh, you know, I, I do every day that make me feel better and it makes the day go better too. That's a good explanation as to why Odyssey has such strict uh, guidelines about the way you have to live while you're in the program. Because I've had people, I'm glad you brought up, like making the bed or picking up a piece of paper, because I've had so many people say, I hate this program because they have all these stupid rules that like making my bed has nothing to do with recovery. Absolutely it does. You know what I mean? Like... um Breaking the rules and not following guidelines has been like a core behavior of mine, right? Doing whatever the hell I want. And and um, I think uh, it's it's mandatory, right? Like, you know, it's it's something, it's doing like something different that I've never done before. And, and that's making my bed, cleaning up after myself, you know, doing my own laundry. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, it's something that normies do all the time. Absolutely. And they don't say, why the hell did I have to make my bed? Yeah. I mean, I live alone, and I make my bed every day, and I'm not sure why, <laughs> but I feel better. Like, at night when I come to my bed, it's made, and I, and I unmake it and crawl in. Yeah. But there's something, and it really is not that important, but it's sort of a structured lifestyle, I think. Absolutely. I think that that's what you lack when you're an addict, though, is structure. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. You're just doing... So when I went to Odyssey, they give you all these rules, and I was like, well, clearly I'm not doing anything right. (laughs) So I'm just going to, you know, turn myself over, hand myself over to Odyssey and just do what they say, and everything's going better. So now instead of being like, I know I'm going to make my bed, like, there's no point... I'm just like, well, they told me to do that, and things have been going better, so I'm just going to continue to do these things that they told me to do that are right, because clearly what I thought was right wasn't, and it's, it was a good start. Yeah, absolutely. I facilitate a family support group, and, and a, lot of the, a lot of the people have adult kids who are still actively using and are either in treatment on the streets or in jail. And the one thing they always want to know, because they all have hope for their addicted loved ones, is what is it that finally prompted you to seek treatment and, and find recovery? Is there one 
you know, if, if we could find a magic bullet, we'd be the most successful treatment organization in the world there. But, but what was it for you? So I've been arrested 33 times, right? I've been Whoa. incarcerated a lot, a bit, lot. A large portion of my life has been spent behind bars. Um, uh, this time, it wasn't going to be, um, you know, an overnighter, right? I was looking at possibly uh, spending the rest of my adult or my lifetime in, in jail, right, or in prison, and. Uh, I've, like I said, I, I was, so I was like on the run, right? I, I'm from California. I'm not from Utah. So I was on the run with the, and, you know, it's still something I have to deal with, you know, uh, and uh, I haven't yet, but that's besides the point. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that I sought, sought treatment because um, I, I needed to do something different. I had to do something different. The only chance for me to survive, like to spend the rest of my life in jail, is like it would be, you know, a complete. Um, it'd, be, it'd suck, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 it would suck. Like, and so now it's like I live my life now uh, one choice away from doing that, right? Or being dead. And that's the kind of the mindset I still have today, right? Like, I'm one poor choice away from either dying or spending the rest of my life in, in prison. And um, so, I don't know if that's an answer to your question no, at all. No, it's, it's a good answer. I, I think anybody facing those two choices. Yeah. So see, death or life in prison. Yeah. Or... Recovery. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I've been offered so many chances and, and everything that I've ever done. And, and, you know, by the grace of God, um, he gave me another chance to, to, to turn my life around. Right. And, and I don't want to mess it up uh, for myself and for my whole family, too. You know what I mean? I mean I, I'm getting their trust back. Um, they love the person that they see too. They came and visited me um, last month, and uh, it was awesome. And uh, yeah, so I'm super grateful for Odyssey House, uh, for Red Barn. You know, um, now I get to pay it forward, right? Like, cause I, I I came into Odyssey House with a pretty good head on my shoulders. I was there at Red Barn for 11 months, and and. Um, I'd get the brakes beat off me every every Tuesdays and Thursdays telling me how I was falling short. And so I, I had a pretty good idea on the person I wanted to be and, and the same values that I took from Red Barn. I, I brought them to Odyssey House. You know, the accountability piece is like huge, right? Because right. um, it teaches people how to, to, to treat you, to act around you. And, and it keeps the house safe too, right? Because we're a therapeutic community. It's like an each one teach one right there, right? So... Um, what I, what I have, I get to give away to someone else and, you know, hopefully inspire them to to, to do the same with the next person that, that comes in too, right? Because um, you never know who's going to click with your story. Because my story is so different from your story. But when I was in Odyssey, it's wild to me. Like, no one can understand you, right? Everyone's so unique. But then you... <laughs> then you realize like we all do have kind of the same core issue absolutely and you, so you never know who you can help and i love that about actually about recovery you never know who can hear your story and have that moment that they needed to want to 
turn it around. I was nervous. Were you nervous to like go into recovery? I was so nervous. I didn't know who I would be on the other side. Um, recovery, I, I didn't know what to expect, right? It's the unknown, right? And, and it, it's uncomfortable in the beginning. But like you were saying, like, and we we're all saying is like, where we live our lives of service now, right? And, 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 and being of service to other people is what fills my cup, you know? Um, and like being so negative and so um, abusive to everybody and everything around me for so long, like to be kind and, and, and come from a place of, 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 of love to people, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's really rewarding, you know what I mean? Like, even though I'm not getting paid or I'm, I'm, not, I'm getting paid in other ways, right? Like sure. um, helping someone else, it helps my recovery, helps me maintain my recovery. And, and um, you know, they say there's two types of people, right, out there. there there's people that should be in recovery and then there's people that are in recovery. <laughs> um, and I'm a firm believer in that, right? Because I think everybody struggles with something, you know, and they hide it, mask it, and it's just, once you get that pulled out and you're able to move forward with, um, you know, a better state of being, a, an understanding of, of why you were like the way you were, mm -hmm. you can move forward and, and take ownership of, you know, the things that you've done and, and, and really become the person that you want to become consciously, not even like with the subconscious behaviors that we had before, just reactions to to the way we were treated or the way we treated other people. What would you, what kind of hopeful hope would you give to like like the families I was talking about? Um, I guess the tough love thing, you know, um, I don't think that's, it's a thing, but it, it's, you got to uh, always love your kids and, and, and give them hope, right, by, by um, inspiring them to do better, you know what I mean, like, uh, I don't know. Like that's a good question, Randall. <laughs> well, the problem uh, the problem we have in those groups is obviously if your kid's in addiction and comes in and asks for money, the the best thing is not to give them money. Absolutely. You know, they say, well, mom, you you don't love me if you yeah. want to give me money. Yeah, no, and I played no. that card too for sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Um, and it worked probably. Uh, yeah, several times. You know what yeah. I mean? And and. Uh, I think parents, yeah, they need to hold firm boundaries with their kids, you know what I mean? And it comes at a young age too, right? I'm teaching them how to act, you know, um, and how to treat you, how to treat the parent, you know what I mean? And Sure. Um, but ultimately, I think, you know, parents never stop loving their kids, you know, and they should continue to always love their children and, and um, you know, seek treatment for them but obviously it's going to take them to change right they're going to want to have to change so i think everybody's time's different you know what i mean you are a fine example of recovery and i wish you well in the future thank you i told you this half hour would pass quickly and it is passed quickly so thank you for sharing your story and providing hope for for other people and, and i wish you well in your journey thank you randall i appreciate it thank you for having me yeah and nicole thanks for being a co-host today yeah nicole's You're awesome <laughs> she is awesome she's awesome she uh she's a 
you know, when she comes into the house and, and she we run groups together, like it's a, uh, it's fun. You know what I mean? Like because she's yeah. a, good, a good person. Yes. Thank you for watching another edition or listening to one of Odyssey House Journals. <laughs>